Hey guys, welcome to week two of Advent at Amaze Way. Glad you're here. Uh, why don't you mosey in and grab uh, song sheets and a uh, seat. And uh, there's uh, some drinks over there and some uh, snacks. Um, so get situated and we'll start with our call to gather, which is uh, Be Thou My Vision. Traditional Irish hymn.
second Sunday of Advent. Welcome to Emmaus Way. Uh, for all of you that are joining us as visitors or haven't been back for a while, um, Advent is the time of year where we sit in expectation of the hope of the coming Christ child. Um, it's also a time where we sit in expectation and hope of the coming again of Christ um, and the consummation of God's work uh, in this world. Um, it's a time where here at Emmaus Way is kind of a special time for our community because we kind of break from the norm of the way of doing things and we strip back some of the professionalism that uh, often goes on in church services and we kind of hand the service over to you uh, as an act of preparation, of beginning to prepare and of building expectation in our community. Um, so Wade and Amy will be talking a little bit later about some of the stations that we have set up as part of our worship. But uh, just to frame what we're going to be doing, think of it as a time where we as a community begin to prepare together for the coming of the Christ child. Now, I also, uh, there are many other ways to do this as well. And one of the ways that I've been doing this, I did it last year and I've been doing it a, a little bit uh, this year as well. Uh, is that Wade and Dale and some of the other, Sarah, some of the other musicians in our community, Mark, uh, worked on an Advent Rite that you can get off of our website or you can download it from Bandcamp. Um, and it has been for me a wonderful kind of prayerful start in the morning. I kind of just turn it on and use it as uh, Advent prayers in the morning. That, that kind of situates and kind of frames my whole day when I get up before I start working. So I'd encourage you to do that. You can, you can download, I think it's, is it $8? Is that what it is? If you download yeah. the whole thing and you can uh -huh. put it on your iTunes or something like that? Yeah, it's EmmausWay.Bandcamp.com or you go to the EmmausWay.net site and click on Media um, and then it'll take you through to the Bandcamp site. Okay. And you can either listen on Bandcamp or if you want to download it, you just um, can pay through PayPal. So those are ways, I think, that you can participate throughout the week in, in some of the preparation that we're doing more intensely here during our gatherings on Sunday evenings. Um, Emmaus Way is a community of people, for those of you who are new, that uh, have been captured by the message of God, captured by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and who find ourselves, uh, in a way, gathered by that message into God's community, into God's work. Um, so together... We look for what God is doing in our world and try to challenge one another and work with one another to, to participate in what God's doing. Um, I'm going to give us a couple announcements, a lot going on in our community uh, during this Advent season. I know uh, from time to time when you hear announcements, you're kind of just walking in, you're like, what in the world? Uh, I have no idea of how to organize this information. But if you'll just kind of try to gather this, or maybe if you have a phone and jot down some of the key dates, there's a lot going on uh, for you to partake in. Um, one of those is that next week, 
we will be ordaining John Shantz. Uh, that will happen during our normal gathering and as a part of our normal gathering. Um, at Emmaus Way, ordination is a, is a unique, it's not unique to Emmaus Way to ordain people, but it's, the way that we do it is kind of unique because we invite you as the, the community to really participate in that ordination and lay hands and, uh, and uh, uh, basically pray the Spirit and uh, the blessing of God upon the work of John. Um, for those of you that don't know John, John was one of our MDiv students who moved to, he's working in Miami, Dade County now with youth, and he's coming back to uh, be ordained by us. So it's going to be a real special time. I uh, invite you to kind of get here early a little bit and kind of uh, be ready to gather and worship together because it'll be great. Um, another thing is that Durham Can, uh, for those of you that are interested, is having a fundraiser. Um, the fundraiser takes place at a, a Torero's restaurant, which is down on Main and Duke Street. Um, basically, the fundraiser is wonderful because they're not really asking you to give money. Basically, you go to Torero's and eat, and the owner of Torero's is going to give all the proceeds to Durham Can. So it's the 13th, which is a Tuesday evening. Is that right? Yeah, Tuesday evening. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, you can go and participate. There's not a real formal program. There might be some announcements that come out there, but it really uh, is a chance to kind of help us build some of the organizing community that we're, uh, we're doing in, uh, in Durham. The other thing is we're going to have some sign-ups coming out for dinners that are coming up. One of those is um, if you're a newcomer to Emmaus Way, there's going to be a dinner that we're inviting you to that the Greens will be hosting. Um, and It will be at their house. So look for a sign-up sheet in the next couple weeks. There will be one out here. Is there one out there? Yeah, so there's one out there. If you're interested in that, please sign up for it. Um, and if you're an Emmaus Way kind of regular person and you want to participate in that gathering, see Amy or, uh, and she'll integrate you into kind of how, to, how we can prepare for that. So I'd invite you to do that as well. Um, the other one is that we have a New Year's Day chili uh, dinner coming up. I'm struggling for that word for some reason. Yeah, our uh, gathering. We're going to have a potluck during our gathering. Yeah, so we're going to need people to do preparation. Usually we do a couple veggie and a couple meat chilies. So um, if you're going to be around for the new year, um, please help us out uh, ways that we can prepare. Uh, once again, there will be a sign-up coming out via the web uh, for those of you um, that are on the listserv. And we'll kind of do it like we've done with uh, July 4th where there will be prayer um, for a time. We'll, we'll just set up a small gathering probably up towards the front of the room. So we'll have a time of eating and then a time of prayer. And so it'll just be a real casual um, time on that evening on the 1st. On the 1st, yeah. Um, then with regard to Christmas, uh, a lot of things going on around the day of Christmas. The first of those is that Christmas Eve... Uh, we will be joining together with another congregation out toward Briar Creek, All Saints United Methodist Church, to do a Christmas Eve service, and they actually do it in a barn uh, that's up off of Page Road. So it'll be a real unique service, uh, something maybe that you haven't done before. Um, I'd invite you, that, that stuff, the, the times and the directions will all be coming up on the web. But if you're going to be around, it would be a great chance for us as a community to, to jump into that. We're also going to need some volunteers as we help them conduct that service. It's, it's an outreach to the community as well. So if you're going to be around, please see me if you're interested in volunteering just for setup um, and different things like that. We could use probably about five to eight people um, if you're going to be around. Um, also on Christmas Day, um, and uh, Christmas Eve as well, there's some preparation, but then Christmas Day, we're going to be joining up with one of our partner 
uh, ministries in the area, ABC, Antioch Builds Communities. And Denise is going to tell us, there's a lot going on there, but Denise is going to tell us more about what we're doing there. no athlete's uh, feet. So <laughs> the wrapping is going to happen on Tuesday, December 20th at 6.30 at Antioch Baptist Church if you'd like to help out in that way. And then at 9.30 Christmas Eve morning, we'll be setting up the fellowship hall. And then the dinner is happening from 12, sorry, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, on Christmas Day. So you can come and help out. Great. So the idea, like I said, to set us up in this season is that we're kind of asking you to participate a lot. There were a lot of things that were just thrown at you, lists, places you can sign up, and and really that we're hoping will be for you an act of worship, not just a duty that you have to do, but an act of preparation. That we as a, a unique community in the world, the Christian community, are preparing for the birth of the Christ child. We're preparing for the coming of God into our world in the flesh, and that we as a people kind of lose that from time to time in our culture, but we're really trying to resist that with a lot of the things that we're doing. Um, Last announcement here is that um, we were planning to have a concert, an Advent concert, this uh, December 9th of this coming week, Um, but we've canceled that in order to do some other things, and because it was financially a little bit difficult, it was a little bit of a strain on us this week. So um, we're going to reorganize by getting some more of the the people who have played with Wade on the Advent project to play here uh, on our Sunday gatherings, but for the 9th, the concert uh, has been canceled. Um, so those of you that are with us tonight, that are gathering here new, uh, I want to welcome you again to Emmaus Way. Um, tonight we have a real special treat. Amy's going to be uh, giving us a short homily before we head to our uh, stations to continue to worship, and it's always a treat to hear her preach, so uh, I'm excited about that. But welcome this evening, um, and welcome to the second Sunday of Advent. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about preparation, and last week we started our Advent preparations by lighting the first candle, which was our candle of expectation. Um, As we mentioned last week, Advent means coming or the arrival, and as Dan said, it's four weeks that are leading up to Christmas um, when we are anticipating and preparing for the coming of Jesus. Um, So... 
expectation sometimes is a good thing and sometimes is a not so good thing. <laughs>、um, so we feel that a lot during the holidays. It might be kind of a double-edged sword. So you might be really looking forward to time off from school or work.、Um, I know all of our teachers are counting down days.、Um, you might be looking forward to spending time with family or friends, or、um, having really fun parties, or even Christmas Day. But you might not be looking forward to taking big trips, like we have to do. You might not be looking forward to. That one difficult relative that you only see once a year and happens to be on Christmas.、Um, you might not be looking forward to the financial strain that sometimes the holidays can put on us. So、um, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. But today we're going to light the candle of hope. Yeah. So for、uh, the second week of Advent,、um, we light the candle of hope, which. Sort of helps to enrich and and clarify our our candle from last week, which was expectation.、Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As we look to Advent as this coming of Jesus into the world,、um, we we await the possibility that not only does this person of Jesus sort of show us a bit of what God is like, but that He opens up a whole bunch of possibilities to us. That He He really creates a new atmosphere within this world and really changes the way that we. Um, we are able to operate and act within this world.、Um, in a moment, we're going to relight the first Advent candle, which reminds us of our ongoing expectancy of Jesus's coming,、um, and we're also going to light the second candle,、uh, the candle of hope for what Jesus's coming means to us as individuals and to the world as a whole.、Um, As with last week, and as Dan has said, we have a variety of stations around the room that、um, you're going to be invited to participate in,、um, and I think、uh, Wade and Denise are going to sort of explain those in just a minute.、Um, <clears throat> but、uh, tonight, as we begin this second week of Advent,、um, we expect the coming of Jesus. We wait in expectation, but we also wait in hope for all of the possibilities that His coming brings to us. Thank you, guys, very much. Josh and Sarah have、uh, been willing to do a few more candles for us over Advent, so you'll get to see them again.、Um, Want to take a look at the prayers of the people? If you got the handout,、um, it's the other one from our order of worship. So,、um, so grab that if you will.、Um, the if you're from a liturgical church, you'll, you'll know you know that the prayers of the people are oftentimes part of the service. Um, if you're not, then it may seem strange to have a formal prayers of the people, but it's a time in liturgical service, you know, where there's an opportunity to be reminded of the fact that we do talk to God. We believe that God is here with us. We believe that Christ is risen, that He's alive, and that our prayers reach Him. That、um, God is actually invested in our lives in the world, and that we want to remember that our lives. Are trying to prepare for His kingdom that we believe is here in certain ways and also coming into fulfillment. Obviously, we look around the world and there's lots of needs, lots of brokenness, lots of hurt. We know that the world isn't how God is going to remake it, and and then the, the new kingdom,、um, the the new Jerusalem, is going to be the place where, as we've sung last week,、uh, God will wipe the tears from our eyes, where He's going to restore things. So. Let's pray together.、Um, there'll be some responses,、uh, and then there'll be some places for you all to pray out loud. So, I'm going to lead us through this, and、um, like I said, when we get to those places, you guys go ahead and pray out loud. In peace, 
We pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work. And then join with me. For our families, friends, neighbors, for those who are alone. For this community, the nation, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. For the just and proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. For the peace and unity of the church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. And here's a chance where, if you guys feel comfortable, please... Go ahead and voice your concerns for the special needs and concerns of this congregation. Hear us, O Lord, for your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. And here, please add your own thanks.
We will exalt you, O God, our King, and praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your Spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Usually before we um, start our dialogue, I give you a chance to turn to your neighbor and to offer them the peace of Christ. And so I know it's hard, but if you can hold off to passing the peace of Christ until the stations, you can have extended talking time. (laughs) Not that you can't nod and smile to one another right now if that is something you want to do. So before we start, um, or actually to start, I didn't ask somebody prior to this, but would somebody read our scripture for tonight, um, the passage from Mark that's on um, the front page of our bulletin? Would somebody do that for me? The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out from the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Mark. So one of the first things that um, you might notice, we notice this at text when we open to the lectionary text, but you don't really get any backstory here. When you hear the account of Jesus in the other Gospels, in Matthew and Luke in particular, you get the birth story, you get the manger story, you get even the sentimental kind of thing we think about around Christmas. Um, But you don't get that here. You get all of a sudden full-grown man Jesus being baptized. So you don't get, you know, little baby Jesus watching his baby Einstein videos, learning about his shapes and colors. Sorry, that's a, uh, um, what's it called? Ricky Bobby, (laughs) Um, Talladega Nights reference. You don't get that here. You get full force ministry of Jesus automatically. And not only do you get that, you get, this is Jesus baptized by the Holy Spirit and by Mr. Crazy Man, by locusts, eating locusts, wild man, desert man, um, in full force. So it doesn't really seem right. It seems a little bit abrupt. It seems kind of confusing. 
it seems kind of challenging. But when we think about it, maybe we have been prepared. Maybe somewhere in the back of our minds, we have been prepared for what Mark brings us into. Maybe what seems to be sudden and what seems to be abrupt is really not. Maybe this is actually the growth of a seed that was planted long ago. We have to think about the audience that's listening to John the Baptist here. When they hear these words that Mark read in Mark's gospel, a different Mark, um, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. These words that Mark uses, the messenger sent ahead, the voice calling out, the angel sent to prepare the place for the Lord. These are words that come from Isaiah 40. They come from Malachi 3 and from Exodus 23. See, what Mark is doing is he's pulling images and figures from the collective history of the people that he's speaking to. He's telling these people that God is coming again. And he's telling them through words that they know. It's as if someone were to say to us, if somebody said to you, oh, this is like Martin Luther King Jr., this is like Gandhi, this is like Mother Teresa, this is like John Lennon, this is like Bob Dylan, this is like Dumbledore, this is like Han Solo. I don't really have to explain who those people are for you to understand the place that they hold in our history. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that these are actually messianic figures, so don't hear me as much as I like Harry Potter, um, or Aslan would be the one that would pull on my heartstring, particularly um, C.S. Lewis. But I don't really have to explain in depth for you, to, for you guys to understand what this means. So in the same way, Mark is combining these verses here, and he's doing a couple things. He's invoking this history of the Hebrew people, of the Hebrew scriptures, of Moses, of the prophets, all of these things, all of these people who have prepared the way for the Messiah. The movement that's happening in Mark is life coming into places that have been stagnant for years. In the words of John the Baptist here, the gap between the prophets is finally closed. It doesn't resonate with us how long this was, but it was years of silence, years of people groaning and waiting for God to speak to them. So even though this voice that comes is not a gentle voice, but a voice of repentance and of judgment, I'm pretty sure the people are just happy to hear a voice. They're happy that somebody is speaking and that this is the voice of God, that this voice exists. And this voice brings the herald of a new kingdom. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah and of the prophets. So what at first seems pretty abrupt and pretty sudden and challenging, upon closer reflection, is strangely familiar. And that's what I want us to think about tonight as we think about the idea of hope. The two sides of it, hope as something familiar, as something expected, and hope as something abrupt and disruptive. Because what we do during Advent, what we do when we gather here, is remarkably familiar. That's why I really like Advent. 
We do it every year, and every year I know that each week the lights are going to grow. The candles are going to be lit around the room, and it's, this room is going to get brighter. We know that Christ is coming. We know that there's going to be celebration. There's going to be a table that's laid before us. There's part of us that wants this hope to be familiar and expected. But when you think about it, what Advent challenges us to do is to look at the coming of the Messiah each and every year also as something that disrupts our lives, that enters into our lives into a, in a discordant way. Like John the Baptist audience, we, we want hope. If you think about the, our American identity, we have stories and stories that are saturated with this. The rags to riches story. The 11th hour budget passing by Congress. We want someone, particularly someone in power, with economic power, somebody in charge in the government, to tell us that it's going to be okay. We want the comfort of a hope that comes from ticking a certain box when we vote. But what we get in Mark, this isn't hope in a shiny, perfect box. This is hope from crazy town. This is hope from I eat locusts. This is hope from the last place we want it and the last place we expect it. I don't know if everybody got a chance to look at the photo exhibit that Mark and Katrina have put together um, last week, but if you get a chance this week, please go and look. They've collected some amazing, taken and collected some amazing um, photographs. Um, and each one, hope is there, but it, it's in a really variety, a, a varied way. You'll see how hope can look jarring and hope can look really familiar. It's both grittingly present and almost transit, trans transcendentally, excuse me, absent. Places that you would expect hope to be, perhaps, it might be hard to see. I know sometimes when we talk about hope, we might think of it as something that is abstract, something that is almost too big to even put words to, too big to pray for. Or sometimes like Wade mentioned earlier, it can seem that our situation is too far from hope, that our world is too damaged to heal, or that the notion that God is on the move is too far from our reality. But what if these are the very tensions that we're supposed to enter in Advent? In what parts of our lives does hope seem tangible and present? And what parts of our lives does the coming of Christ seem to bring change? And where does it seem that the Messiah will never come? These are the things that Advent makes us ask. Moreover, how can the coming of Christ, the coming of God's kingdom, how can this be that old familiar feeling, a fulfillment of our desires, and a jarring reality, and good news all at the same time. What I want us to do as we go through the stations tonight and through the rest of Advent is to think about what hope is in all its forms, to process hope 
experientially to maybe look at the photos and write what you see in them to pray back in the corner um, some of the prayers that we've prayed throughout the years or prayer, the prayers of the people to look at some of those words, to look at some of the, um, the poems that we've gathered there, to watch Ian draw, to experience with all of our senses what hope might look like. What I want us to hear tonight is that hope calls us through new doors. It calls us to embrace a new vision. And the thing is, is that hope comes even before we confess our brokenness. It is that voice that calls in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord. And it doesn't mean that we are just saved from something. Saved from sin, saved from death. We are. But it also means that we are joined into the activity of God. So that as heirs of God's kingdom, we are allowed to come to a table. We are allowed to say that this is both common and this is absurd. That God came as a child and yet a king. And we are invited to break bread together, to pour wine and juice for one another, saying this is the body broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. This is the hope that we are invited to. This is the hope that confounds and confirms everything that we have known. This is the hope that we are witness to. And so I invite you tonight, as we go from here, to um, experience any of the stations that you haven't um, gotten to a, a chance to yet, to uh, speak to one another at the, um, at the table, and after a while, Wade and Dale will gather us back together and we're going to do a couple songs of, um, of reflection. But tonight I want us to think about the challenges that a gospel, like the Gospel of Mark, puts on us. Welcome to the stations and to the table. One other quick thing, thank you very much, Amy. The, the, along with the uh, doors and photo exhibit, um, Amy mentioned there. there's questions over on that table. We have some sheets of paper. We'd love for you to actually, if you've taken some time to look at the photos, just jot down some of your responses to those uh, questions. We'd like to keep those. Also, there's a video clip over there playing uh, that we'll have on the computer in just a second. That'll be going. It's a two-minute clip from the movie Temple Grandin, which is um, Claire Danes plays a woman. It's a true story of a woman who is autistic, um, but who also um, uh, just um, was able to do some amazing things in her life. She worked in the cattle industry, revolutionized how cattle were treated in that process. Um, and so it, one of uh, her ways of looking at the world was doors as possibilities. And when she walked through doorways, she felt that was her way of kind of taking on different things um, and, and finding hope. And so just check that out in the clip. When you see, it'll be, uh, the clip will just be going looping. When you see the title, that's the beginning of the clip. So if you catch it in the middle, just stick with it. It'll flip, flip back around. But anyway, I know Mark Katrina would be glad to answer any more questions uh, that you have about the photos. And I know Ian has said he would be glad to chat with you guys about what he's working on. He's going to be doing uh, some stuff over the next couple of weeks um, that are going to be reflective of this hope theme. So... Please interact. I'm sure he could also get you a piece of paper if you want to draw alongside him or whatever. So, thanks, guys.
guys, could I get you to join us over here? And we're going to do some songs of response, and then you'll have some more time to visit. which we've also done that version. One of the themes that you'll get from Canticle of the Turning is this idea of the kingdom coming, of God setting things right, of His justice, setting the world right for people. So sing with me on this one. Again, Mary's song, Canticle of the Turning. My soul cries out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fixed your sight on your servant's plight and my weakness you did not spurn. So from east to west will your name be blessed could the world be about to turn. Is the promise which holds us bound. 
The theme that we tried to have uh, was this theme of um, hope for the poor and hope for the people that have been downtrodden. I think one of the things that's interesting about the uh, judgment conversation that Amy brought up with John the Baptist is that we will hear that word judgment. And many of us have been a part of uh, or heard fire brimstone kind of preaching. And so there's a lot of sort of scare tactic, I think, that many of us have heard in people's sermonizing when they start talking about judgment. But, you know, if we're in a place where we feel beaten down by the systems of the world or things where, um, you know, someone has uh, power over us or if we're in prison or if we're having a hard time, then judgment where God comes and set things, sets things right, like we just sung about in Canticle of the Turning, if that turning is what God's really about, then that's that kind of judgment is really great news. And so um, many of the Christmas hymns are actually from a tradition of caring for the poor. The original Christmas songs that were that were originally sung in England where kind of Christmas carols came from were sung because people wrote them to go out and sing and raise money for the poor. And so this is a song that was uh, written in England, but it's a song about a Finnish king. Um, and the melody comes from about uh, 500 years ago. Um, and it's a story about a, a Finnish king named Wenceslas who actually was walking along and noticed someone who was in need. And it's a story of how he cared for that person around. Uh, and it's been used as one of these Christmas carols to uh, care for people who are less fortunate, people who don't have as much. So if you don't know what Wenceslas would be about, that's uh, the background. Bear them there. 
Thanks for partnering with us uh, by being a part of the stations, and we'll continue to be a part of those over Advent. And um, two, you know, the um, reason why we want to be involved with all the different things we've been announcing uh, is not to have people feel guilty to have anyone do something out of guilt or because they feel pressure. It's um, because these are all things that people from our community are already involved in, and um, they really have found blessing in being a part of people's lives and seeing how different people live. And um, when we hear other stories, um, I think we're able to um, take part in people's lives in, in, a, in a way where we understand some things about ourselves that maybe we didn't see before. And um, I think it just reminds us of the different places that God's working in the world and the way he's working with uh, people in different contexts. So um, this song in the bleak midwinter is um, a song where, uh, you know, we, we don't really be- believe uh, that Jesus was born in, in, the, in the winter and also in Judah where we believe he was born, you know, near the Mediterranean. It's not really a snowy place. Um, but for those of us who've, um, you know, celebrated this uh, kind of festival of light that's part of sort of uh, the northern hemisphere, um, then Christmas has come to be known, you know, as part of this idea of, of cold and uh, darkness. And so I think this is a beautiful poem in the Bleak Midwinter talking about how one person kind of has experienced Christ coming into that winter. Frosty 
midst of that tension as Amy said so sing peace on earth peace on earth with me Again and again 
Jesus, can you take the time to throw a drowning man a line and peace on earth? Tell the ones who hear no sound whose songs are living in the ground, peace on earth. Know who are wise and no one cries like a mother cries for peace on earth. She never got to say goodbye to see the color in his eyes now he's in the Thank you very much for taking the time to be with us this Advent, and uh, we hope that you guys can continue your conversations. We hope to see you next week, um, and uh, uh, also uh, just continue to remember this theme of hope, and uh, hope that it encourages you as you're going through Advent. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.